You know, I've been fortunate over the years to meet so many wonderful and amazing people. Through my variety of careers, uh, I've had the joy of getting to know some authors and speakers and singers and musicians and poets and politicians and business leaders and tons and tons of beautiful, hardworking, everyday folks who uh, make our world both a delight and sometimes a challenge. <laughs> and over the years, over the course of the years, I've met a lot, and I mean a lot of preachers. Some of them you might know if you follow that sort of thing, but most of the preachers that I've met over the years are pastors of smaller or medium-sized churches, they, or they're evangelists and they tour as not-so-famous evangelists who travel around the country and spend a week or so at a time at local churches and church conferences. One of my favorite, most special pastor friends pastors a beautiful congregation in Sherwood, Arkansas. That's a suburb of Little Rock. About 20 years ago, I was really struggling hard. I had recently forfeited my ordination credentials to my denomination, and I stepped away from a pretty successful music career. I was recently divorced, and I was just really trying to figure out what was next. The biggest part of my struggle, though, was trying to reconcile who I knew I really was with all the years of teaching and preaching that told me that if I gave into that identity and that life, I would surely die of a horrible disease and without a doubt, I'd end up burning in hell. During that time of struggle, I had confided in a longtime friend of mine from my days in music and I, I told him that I'd pretty much concluded that being gay meant I couldn't be a Christian. So he asked for permission to have a pastor friend of his reach out to me. He thought that maybe he'd be able to offer some answers and some hope. Truth is, I'd already given up on preachers. And I'd given up on church. And I'd given up on God. But I told him to feel free to go ahead and have his pastor friend call me. Within minutes, I got a call from Randy McCain. With so much enthusiasm, he told me about all the times that he and his partner had been to hear me and my family sing. We laughed and we talked about some of the corny little jokes and, and shticks that sometimes we would use in our shows and things like that. And I don't know why it never occurred to me until then that gay people like gospel music. and they'd actually show up at our concerts. So without being pushy or proud, Randy told me about the church that he pastors in Sherwood, and he graciously invited me to come and sing some songs for his congregation. It was his way of validating my worth, even while I questioned my own worth. I told him that as much as I appreciated the invitation, I just, I don't do that anymore. Truth was, I was afraid to sing. I was especially afraid to sing songs about Jesus because in my paranoid mind, people like me don't dare blaspheme God by living in sin and then singing about Jesus. 
God doesn't tolerate that sort of thing. All right, he said, then how about you just come for a visit? I placated him and told him, I said, okay, well, one day I'll plan on doing that first chance I get. He said, well, I've already bought your plane ticket. <laughs> and I've booked your hotel room, and your flight is in two weeks. This beautiful, wonderful man, a saint in my mind, was not about to let me wallow in my worry. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know there were gay pastors, and I didn't know there were churches for gay people. I just figured gay people didn't go to church. Why would they? Because I'd been told that the only options that gay people had was either repent and be straight or be gay, get AIDS, die, and go to hell. And neither option sounded very appealing to me. But I didn't know anything else. So when it was my time, when it was time for my trip to Little Rock, my heart was pounding from the moment I got on the plane here in Lexington, that paranoid version of Christianity that I knew had convinced me that God was going to cause our plane to crash because I was on it. Really, I mean, that's the way I was brought up. And if nothing else, then the plane would crash and everybody else would live and I would die or I would get sucked out of the plane or something like that. But what kind of messed up thinking is that? Of course, that didn't happen. When I arrived in Little Rock, my new pastor friend sent one of his parishioners to the airport to pick me up and deliver me straight to the church. I arrived there. And the love that met me the moment our car pulled into the parking lot was simply overwhelming. When I walked into that building, I walked into the most incredible embrace of warmth and acceptance I'd ever known. I could feel it as the tension that came from all of that questioning and doubting my own worth just lifted from my shoulders. I'd found a place that loved me enough to share my burden, to share my heavy load. Friends, that is exactly what I want us to be. That's the feeling that I want every doubter and wanderer and questioner to feel the moment they come into this place. I want there to be no doubt whatsoever that this is the place for doubters and wanderers and questioners and all those who've been told that they can't be counted among God's children because they don't live up to the standard that God never really established anyway. I want BUCC to be a place that says bring your struggles and bring your worries and bring your questions and bring your doubts and let us help you carry them. The scripture from the book of Matthew that we read together this morning is one of my favorites and it's essentially and simply an invitation directly from Jesus to yoke ourselves to Him. And in that yoke, we find rest. He's inviting you and me and all of us who are struggling and carrying heavy loads to bring those struggles to Him, to join them to Him and to find rest for ourselves. Come to me, Jesus says. All you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads and I'll give you rest. He says, put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. You'll find rest for yourselves, He promises. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. 
I remember as a young boy watching my grandpa hook his mules up to a plow to turn the dirt for planting. Sometimes he only needed one mule, but then when he needed two, he'd put them in a yoke. And the purpose of the yoke was not only to bind them together, but its main purpose was to distribute the burden. That's the point of the yoke. When, when one mule was weaker, the other would take up the burden and help it along. That's what Jesus means. When He says, yoke yourself to me, He's inviting all of us who are weary and weak and tired and struggling to put on His yoke so He can help us carry the load. And what makes it even more beautiful is He promises that His leading and His prompting is gentle. He doesn't just drag us along. His yoke is easy to bear and His burden is light. How many of us have been told through the years that the Jesus way is the hard way? That walking with Jesus is a heavy burden and hard to bear? Jesus tells us here that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. As a matter of fact, the 11th chapter of Matthew is a proclamation of the relief and hope and optimism that Jesus brings. At one point earlier in this chapter, John the Baptist sends some of his followers to find out if Jesus is the one they've been expecting. So when they ask, Jesus tells them to go back to John and tell him that those who were blind are now able to see, the once crippled are now walking, the diseased are now healed. And the once deaf are hearing. The poor are being told of hope and good news that at one time was only reserved for the wealthy and the well-to-do. Friend, if I held only to the words that the church told me as a boy, I'd have to believe that none of those good things were for me. I'd have to believe that only the repentant and the righteous and those who live pure and holy lives get that sort of good and godly thing. But thanks be unto God. <laughs> I know now that God's mercy and love is not bound by the greedy gospel that tells me how bad I am. But it's unleashed and wide open for me and you and all those who find ourselves struggling and carrying heavy loads. You may be saying to yourself, Kenny, I thought we were going to talk about stewardship. You're right. I mentioned last week that we're going to be spending the next couple of weeks talking about how we can invest in and support the work of BUCC. And we are. This morning, I wanted to convey to you the desire that Pam and I have to make sure that this church is living into the intention and the spirit of Jesus' invitation to those who are hurting and wounded and scarred. I wanted to try and communicate that we believe it's important that we share the load and the burden with each other. That we offer our resources, that when we offer our resources, we're offering to step under the arms of the exhausted. We're offering to hold them up and help them take that one Next step. When we place our offerings in the collection or we make our pledge of support, we're promising hope for those who are desperate for something, for anything that can help. 
When we offer our gifts to God, we're saying that we believe in that message of inclusion and acceptance and belonging that's made possible through those gifts. When I arrived at Open Door Community Church in Sherwood, Arkansas, I was met with that wide open invitation. I discovered a church that lives out Jesus' invitation to join Him in His yoke. I found a pastor and a congregation that's taken this scripture as their example and their charge to extend the invitation to their community and to their city. This morning I would like for us to do the same. I'd like for us to say to those who were struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, come to us. Let us join you in the yoke so we can share your burden. Come and find rest for yourselves. May we be that church. May we be that church. Will you say that with me? May we be that church. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.